Welcome everyone to Chobi Mela podcast series. This is Munim Wasif and today we have with us Sabi Ahmed and Sora Bhura. Sabi Ahmed is the associate director and curator of Ishara Art Foundation in Dubai. His curatorial work and research focuses on modern and contemporary art of South Asia. Sabi was also a senior researcher and a project manager at Asia Archive from 2009 to 2019. where he was involved in the establishing Asia Archive in New Delhi. He was a curatorial collegiate member of the 11th Shanghai Biennale curated by Rax Media Collective. He was also a curatorial advisor for the exhibition Solarize at Choi Mela 10. Sora Bhura wanted to be a boxer, but after getting a punch from an opponent, he decided to become a forerunner. One of Sora's long-term project, Life is Elsewhere, focuses on his relationship with his mother who was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia in 1999 when he was 17 years old a small portion of life is elsewhere was shown in chobimela 5 i first met sorab in 2007 at anko photo festival in simbrip we became friends and later sorab also came to patshala to teach Sora publishes his own books under the name Ugly Dog. He was a part of a recent photography show at MoMA titled New Photography 2020. Recently, Sora curated a show at Ishara Foundation, Growing Like a Tree, where he was woven together works of diverse lens-based artists from South Asia, but also from beyond. Welcome Sabi and Sora, over to you. Thank you Asif and thank you Chobi Mela. And thank you Sonab for for joining this conversation and for so many conversations that we've had. What I want to lay out in the beginning is to um to lay a little bit of context about the recent collaboration that I've had the opportunity of enjoying with Sonab for an exhibition that is presented at the Shara Art Foundation titled Growing Like a Tree. This is Sorab's first curatorial project um and obviously uh even calling it a curatorial project came with its caveats as to whether this should be a curation whether this should be an experimental bookmaking that expands into a space of architecture or something else but from my side of the story what i wanted to share was what this exhibition was doing for me and what our conversations were like over the past 6 months now um almost 6 to 7 months ago um sorab and i started having this conversation to to explore whether he'd be interested in uh, curating an exhibition at uh, ishara art foundation and i approached him with three conceptual provocations to begin with uh these conceptual provocations were coming from my own understanding of sorab's practice where i feel like he's able to do something with the velocity in which images travel and the mediums that they inhabit or rest in and um also having had a relationship with him through projects that we've done together uh in india as well as overseas so all of these became entwined before i sent in these conceptual provocations and what were they they were in the form of three questions the first question i had asked sorab uh was how can an exhibition measure and embody the velocities circuits and congestions 
of visual mass circulation in the contemporary moment. So looking at moving images, still images, photography, and simulations and posters and books, all of this was part of this question of the velocity and uh, the measure in which these intensities and, uh, of the visual or the image can uh, travel in. The second question was, how can an exhibition enact geographic realignments that are not based on political maps, but on political and social intensities of living? And I shared an image with him from a page that was uh, part of Rux Media Collective's book called Seepage that was published in 2010. And that page basically had uh, a grouping of words that, it, that included, it was just a page with just words juxtaposed with one other, another that included tremendous, florid, expedient, file, juggernaut, imperial, zombie, overbearing, tense, tangible, totalizing, battlefield, yes man, dissector, nadir, algorithmist, Kalashnikov, cataconic, carapace, veteran, Armageddon, freezer, director, biometrician, shrill, cost, cell, accountant, wall drill, evasive, attester, gripping, abhorrent, captor, copyright, and so on. The last question, and this was these words and that page was part of the question of the kind of geographic realignments we have to imagine that are not based on regions on political maps, but on the kind of experiences that we're, that we're going through and sharing. Um, the third question I had asked Sohrab was, how would you as Sohrab present your visual bonds today that are not just about you, but the networks and journeys within which you operate? So how can an exhibition stage that? And the visual bond that I was referring to was from Hito Sterl's uh, extraordinary essay called In Defense of the Poor Image, where she talks about how, on the one hand, there's the image which is the high res, high definition, copyrighted, authentic, original, uh, singular, and on the other, a very kind of multitudinous idea of the image, which also casts all kinds of after images, all kinds of memes and viral kind of phenomena. And it's about seeing what kind of visual bonds we are producing with other people, which is a, almost like for Hito, a question about uh, an, a different kind of proletarianization of the image. Um, and how do we associate that? So these were the questions uh, I posed, these three to Sohrab. And from there started a series of conversations of what this project or this association can be. And in the course of these conversations, one of my greatest interests was to see the kind of artistic formulation that would emerge from this project, from this exhibition, from Sohrab and our dialogues together, and of course, from all of the artists who were participating. Uh, obviously, that the list of artists was not on the horizon till very late. And even until this day, after the exhibition is open, we're seeing this as a very complex formation, which is not about a list of artists, but rather various itineraries that have gone into uh, crossing over into this exhibition only as a temporary junction. I just want to uh, uh, frame one more thing before I uh, ask Sohrab some questions. And that is basically the importance of the artistic formulations in curatorial discourse right now. And I've recently posted something on my own personal Instagram feed, which was about how in the past decade, we've seen quite a number of interesting artistic formulations that somewhere uh, 
complicate and further enrich our idea of curating. The Rux Media Collective, with whom we've had a shared history, Saurabh and I, because of the 11th Shanghai Biennale, had a very interesting formulation about how exhibitions or curation is about producing milieus and seeing itineraries, not putting out themes, inventories, and artist lists. Dainita Singh's idea of the photograph as a hyperlink within a dense and volatile field of image circulation was another interesting concept of the image, the photograph as a hyperlink, not as the end product. And Nayantara Gurung's formulation on imperfect solidarities in the wake of all kinds of institutional inequities that we've been seeing lately. And I think these have, for me at least, laid out the conceptual terrains uh, that are operating at the moment when we think about uh, cultural kinds of cultural production or cultural values. Uh, in the exhibition context, I think this has been for us quite informative in the discussions. And we feel that some, maybe this exhibition too, proposes some similar concepts. And so Rab's own insistence on the idea of collective journeys, and more importantly, his idea of spillages uh, is something I hope we'll touch on because it's quite close to his art. And I think it somewhere uh, uh, embodies itself in the exhibition. So that's broadly my introduction about the, the relationship Sohrab and I have had um, uh, through this exhibition in the past six months and what this exhibition has meant. But the question I'm going to start off with is not going to be about this exhibition at Ishara, but actually about the context in which we're having this podcast, which is Chobi Mela. It's a festival that um, many of my friends and I have greatly admired all of these years. And I want to ask Sohrab if he can share with us his relationship with Taka, with Chobi Mela and the friends, colleagues and practitioners who have made Chobi Mela happen. Um, so Rab, over to you. Thanks for that, Savi. Um, you know, I think um, um, it was in 2005 um, when I actually became a photographer consciously and, and um, um, I'd, I'd worked on this uh, project called Land of a Thousand Struggles. And I ended up getting a message from Shahidul Alam. I don't know who he was. And uh, he seemed to be a really encouraging person who asked me to submit to. Uh, no, I had actually submitted to Chobi Mela because, um, you know, I didn't know what to do with the work at that time. And that's when I uh, got a message from Shahidul asking me to send him more material and so on. And, um, the work got shown there. I wasn't able to go because of a uh, uh, glitch in the, my visa process. You know, that's when I realized how uh, there was certainly a wall in front of me. So there was no sort of crossing over because of that. And um, I think uh, for me, that moment was really important because, um, you know, you, you, you brought up some very interesting points. Um, even even um, when you when you brought out that list of words that Rux had put up, um, what I've realized is that you know it's been two weeks since I've come back from Dubai, and and um, for me what has become a very strong part of I think the way I look at um, what I left behind in in Dubai has been those registers, and in that sense 2005 and Shahidul was. They both were um, this very important register in 
uh, my sort of, uh, you know, starting point. Um, because I think it was it was only then because I just finished my studies. Two thousand six was Chobi Mela. Uh, I didn't get to go, but somehow someone had reached out and wanted to show the work. But that same person um, kind of kept this annual relationship where I might have written to him, then I would hear from him after one year. I could never understand why this strange person was sort of communicating with me with such a you know, long lag. Um, but it was more in terms of nominating me for this one uh, workshop. It all sounds silly, but at that um, time, it was a big deal because, you know, you do depend on validation. You do depend on someone to kind of tell you that they believe in your work and so on. And, and um, every time he nominated me, nothing happened. Um, I never got selected. And then on the third attempt, uh, which was by 2009, um, when he nominated me for the third time, um, I finally did get selected and I got a reply from him immediately, an email from him saying, we did it, you know? So it wasn't really about congratulating me, but it was more about suddenly me feeling like I was part of a we, you know? Um, and 2009 was also the first time I actually ended up going to Chobi Meza physically. I mean, Wasif and I, I mean, I was aware of Wasif's work because I think uh, 2006, from what I remember, he had, he was, there was this work from the tea garden work right at the beginning stages. I remember this beautiful photograph with a parrot, if I'm not mistaken, which is still there in my mind. And I was, you know, I, I was aware of this other person. In between, I got an email, you know, like a few other people in a sort of cohort uh, from this uh, very strange Belgian lady uh, who many of us thought was running a scam where she wanted me to come to Cambodia to this workshop where I also happened to meet Vasif and Koske and Sean, who's part of the Ishara show right now, you know, so and many other people. Um, and um, uh, I didn't have a digital camera this person sent me a digital camera just saying that she wanted me to come there and um there were these these moments as you know like for me uh this was someone called francois callier who i mean we all <laughs> i mean we all love her we still have this uh, i mean um you know we, we stay with her when we're in paris and she's been of great support to many people from the region and so on and and it was just someone taking a chance on us you know, which was important. And then in that context, you know, meeting Vasif 2007, meeting some other people, uh, there was Ghazi Nafis, Ahmed as well uh, at that time. Um, and then finally making it to Chobi Mela uh, to meet Shaidul and, you know, uh, being part of a community. Um, and also going in a sort of a little contingent from India, you know, uh, with Sudhara Kolwe and uh, a few other people, you know, from Calcutta, we took a bus and went, and um, it was this amazing journey, making, you know, making a way to Dhaka, uh, staying together in a sort of a hostel, in a sort of a dormitory. Um, um, I think, um, I don't know how it is now for many people, but at that time, um, it was a very solitary experience, and to suddenly find this sort of a... Um, 
temporary family or sort of a community uh, was really important in giving that one extra push when one would feel really, you know, um, uh, alone. And I mean, I also keep sometimes thinking of you because you um, very often have talked about, you know, you refer to not just rugs, but you refer to Nilima Sheikh, um, you know, Gulam Muhammad Sheikh. Now, even I wonder, you, you know, because um, what that might mean for you as even in your own curatorial practice, you know, how like in Baroda and that whole experience, what does it do to shape your way of uh, making sense of, you know, everything around you. And, and so these were these registers, you know, and I'm sure like you have your own set of registers, which never really get um, counted. And somehow uh, these registers um, were there for me right from the beginning. They had a very prominent space. And I was also very aware of um, these crossovers. Like in the beginning, most of my friends within the, you know, photography community because at that time I think I was also, I was also very conscious of being part of a very specific photography community you know it's only today that I feel like uh, it's really broken up into many other fragments and I belong to all of them I feel but um, at that time I think uh, I at one point Sunny was aware that I had more friends in Bangladesh and than here in what was supposed to be India and that for me was an odd experience and uh, I met Nantara I think 2009 or 11 uh, that you know we kept in touch but that began on its own sort of individual relationship um, where I also kind of um, understood what it meant to be in a place like Nepal you know I, I mean every time I think Vasif or Pratik or whoever uh, Tanzim whoever needs to come to uh, India, there's always some sort of a struggle to come over here and you know, there's a lot of um, energy that kind of um, goes into these things that it shouldn't be expended on and, and, and there are these barriers um, and I was also aware that uh, you know, there are hardly any people from Pakistan, for example who I, I mean I, in a way, in Cambodian that workshop there was Nashmiya uh, there was Alifia from Sri Lanka, so it was a it, it was a great sort of um, beginning where um, there were different perspectives who were shaping me already, you know. And 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 Chobi Mela, in a way, my journey began from 2006, 2005, because that was the first work I'd made and the first place where it went to, where it was embraced, where someone said that they believed in me was you know, in 2006 and, you know, it's this sort of grow, growing, like growing pangs or whatever, you know, like this, uh, at that time having this angst of, you know, um, uh, what's my community and, and to have Shahidul repeatedly sort of supporting me and many others, um, sort of formed a bond and a connection and, and um, uh, you know, that sort of unfolded into all these different other connections. I mean, in a way, Nantaran Bhushan, they started Photo Circle inspired by Shahidul. Uh, you know, they also wanted to do a photo festival. And in a way, I experienced something beautiful in Delhi as well, in the first Delhi Photo Festival in 2011. And I remember Prashant and Dinesh, who were the founders, who had come to Chobi Mela uh, in 2011 to also experience that and to take some of that energy back. 
So there is this transmission of energies that I was aware of. So today, for example, when um, you know a lot of us might talk about collectives and so on, in a way, I feel like um, I was also already experiencing um, this uh, collectivity. You know, uh, this this I, I already felt like I was part of a collective, even though I'd not sort of formally um, addressed it. Um, but uh, in the end, I think you know. Um, uh, something was happening which was also sort of forming these very fertile grounds for more and more collectives to kind of come up. I mean, you have um, uh, someone like Valentina who went to do a workshop in Nepal with Photo uh, uh, Circle. You know, you have... Um, uh, then they went to uh, a small village in Tamil Nadu to, you know, from there on to have another workshop and many people sort of, it's a bit like what you talked about drugs once about, you know, trying to look at a uh, bed of seaweed and trying to pull out one string and the whole bunch kind of coming out and in a similar way, one group kind of went and took many other sort of fragments into uh, Kathmandu, uh, into Tamil Nadu from Kathmandu and um, you had 13 jara that kind of got formed and Uma being from Nepal is part of that. So it's it's not really like a Tamil collective as such, but it, it you know, Uma is like this honorary Tamil entity there, you know. Um, and then you have Priya who's, a, who's in 13 jara who kind of um, is very, very close friends with Sadia who's part of Kali, them sort of you know, having this uh, relationship and them doing something together now, then you have Kali and Tuma doing something. So I think um, there were these grounds that were already being sort of made fertile for these relationships, for these crossovers. And um, I think personally for me, it, it was already happening before I experienced it. But my first sort of realization was uh, just having Shahidul kind of send me that email. I also want to, I mean, given you've talked about what, what one can almost consider something like these elective affinities, these affinities one is formed by choice, by political affinities as well. Um, some, of course, by choice, some by circumstance, but then there are also various kinds of collectivities that get imposed on us, collective identities especially that get imposed on us. And you've written in your essay on the, for, in the context of the Shara exhibition, um, about national identity and your questioning that and how for photography also um, the question of who frames who being so important and I think the the kind of regions and locations that you've referred to already in the in in, in the few minutes that you've spoken talk about these places which sometimes have a lot of border restrictions between each other and yet these are being uh, these are being crossed they're, they're being made porous through some form or the other. Certain sites are becoming more like, uh, uh, like uh, junctions where, where people can come and meet, which otherwise uh, crossing uh, direct borders would be difficult, but coming to them tangentially is possible. And somewhere this also proposes something of an extra institutional register rather than the institutionalized registers of, of access. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, Dhaka in relation to say Kathmandu in relationship to Delhi and all the places that you've been navigating and we haven't even gone 
to say cities in Europe and America where you've also been moving around. So how do you see all of these regions, these geographies come together? What kind of alignment do you see in the place that Dhaka occupies in that, for instance? I mean, I mean, you know, I, I guess it's uh, the Shaidul, the I feel like, and somehow this, it may have changed, it may have been the same, but for me, what was very strong was uh, a political position that Chobi Mila took, uh, even in that gesture of those, you know, um, uh, at that time, uh, the whole idea of taking an exhibition out to the milieu, you know, uh, to also kind of question where an exhibition site is in that sense. Um, and I think that was my sort of uh, first understanding of um, not just what an exhibition, like what exhibition making could be, you know, uh, what it also kind of uh, opened up into, what is what was the intent of it, what, um, 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 what it, was it an excuse for? Um, and for me, Cambodia became this place of um, a much sort of broader opening up with, you know, people coming in from the Philippines and like we didn't even know, like sometimes people would apply from certain places where, you know, you're wondering technically it's, a free workshop of Asian photographers is this Asia, then you check, then you're like, yeah, I mean, who cares? I mean, it's great if more people can come in from these sort of gray spaces. And, um, you know, Nepal became this place which I realized which just had free access. And I think that access today for me, given the circumstances, becomes extremely important where um, I think the world today, everything is getting so closed up that relatively speaking, Nepal in the context of this larger circulation um, becomes a much bigger valve that we all can, can get sucked into. And, 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 and uh, you know, um, uh, in terms of the geography, the political geography of the space, um, these, this is what I had imagined them to be. Maybe, you know, it, I'm totally wrong. Um, but that was how I kind of entered, uh, that was my sort of uh, opening up into these, you know, um, different um, cities, uh, not just countries, you know, it was much more specific than um, um, countries, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you've also mentioned, I mean, in, in your um, answer to some of these questions, you've also spoken about these collective energies being very affirming and affirmative to one another. But obviously a very important part of them is maintaining a critical rigor with each other as well. So, which can include checking each other at times where something um, uh, you might disagree with can be, can be articulated, formulated and, and, and shared with the others. So I'm sure you've also been part of many collective formations which um, where you have to voice an, a disagreement, where you have to voice a, uh, something that is critical, and likewise, vice versa. Um, so any, any stories or anecdotes you could share about where difference also has to be 
Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I think my relationship with Vasif has just been pretty much about that, starting from, you know, um, us uh, having our apple shakes um, uh, outside the guest house where we were living, which he still talks about, and 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 I think. Um, you know, I think he was, for example, known as the, the Amitabh Bachchan of the photo world, the angry young man who was always, you know, screaming and shouting at everyone. <laughs> He's going to kill me after this. But, <laughs> but the thing is that um, uh, I think that was a very important, uh, it was very important to keep pushing back because the more you sort of ricochet, um, the more I think the space around you expands as well. Uh, so I remember once the two of us were so busy in a debate um, over, and while we were in between also having, you know, uh, trying to finish ice cream. And we realized that, um, you know, this is 2007 in a place called Blue Pumpkin in Cambodia, in Siem Reap. And, uh, the whole group, I, we realized later on that um, a lot of other people in that restaurant had actually stopped uh, eating, uh, but they were listening to us because um, I think there is a hunger for these sort of, um, you know, push-pull, uh, expansion, debate, um, because uh, in many ways, I think, I, I think uh, I, I would send a message uh, that Ritu had written, which is quite beautiful in terms of how we have grown differently in so many ways, but it's so beautiful to kind of come together in the context of the Ishara show. Uh, so I think a lot of people, I mean, I think, for example, my journey, even in the Ishara show, began with someone like Vasav, Sean, Ritu in some ways, even though I met Ritu a little later, but I think that you know, our journeys kind of began from a similar point. Uh, they intertwined, they kind of, you know, went, sort of grew apart and they came back, not emotionally, but more in terms of, you know, position, stance, Nantara, you know, like the, I think, I think you do need to constantly be challenged and, and uh, you do need to sort of have um, those debates. Um, but you know, you asked me about the show at a time, for example, in, it was in June last year, I think. And I, I've been wondering, you know, um, what is the show, like what would, have, what would have happened if you had asked me last year? You know, um, what, how, how would I have shaped it? How would I have, what would have been my urgency? Because I think in 2020, for me, and like Wasif, you and I were talking about how, you know, I was also um, uh, doing, for example, I opened my short experiment to a spill, which looked back at all my work from 2005, 15 years, and uh, from my beginnings, and how even within my own practice, I've kind of grown apart from, uh, you know, what was meant to be my practice, and it sort of, you know, keeps coming back together again and there's been some sort of, you know, um, spillovers within that, which is why it was also called spill. Um, but this Ishara show, the whatever was 
happening inside me emotionally in terms of you know the thought process and and what was happening in that show were kind of uh, fixed because um i think it had a lot to do with when you asked me and i realized that what was most important for me was to kind of address these um registers you know uh, of uh, even these um uh, bifurcations or you know um division connectedness interconnectedness yeah well, because mm. um i mean i mean even those divisions have a meeting point somewhere you know and i think that meeting point became very important for me so um, um so, i i want to bring up something you've mentioned um in 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 our conversations in prep in preparation for this exhibition which was about how um for a long time you had constantly uh been been presented this image of uh photography as a very solitary practice of the person behind the camera of someone who goes out on that journey to capture that one picture or something like that whereas your own experience of it has been very much collective in the way you described of moving together with people sharing resources and therefore it's it's not the solitary practice that that might have uh been the narrative the dominant narrative about photography but something quite otherwise um maybe you can say a little bit about that why like what made you realize this because clearly land of a thousand struggles was not your journey alone it was together with hundreds of people for an important uh, political and social movement uh back then yeah i think i think um i would say that it's not as solitary as uh, we think it is you know um and I'm, i mean i am i'm also curious to know what it is like for you as a curator you know uh, the same thing um i think i think um for me there was i've been uh, you know like um it's about looking for a shared experience so um, on the one hand yes um i had this uh, one kind of a shared experience with hundreds of people um, while you know uh, in 2005 and 6 while working on land of a thousand struggles where i was with um people who were not photographers and there was a different kind of learning and unlearning and you know solidarity and actually meeting people who i considered to be uh activists um working on the ground working the grassroots levels uh people who i admired uh, people who influenced me in terms of political thought um but at the same time um i was also making photographs and i didn't really have anybody to share that experience with in terms of debate and uh i wanted to grow you know uh in like i was hungry for to be challenged hungry to challenge um and and i think i found a different kind of um uh recociating in that sense and very often like photography um is way beyond photography it's not just about the photograph you know and um even in the show like something like ishara 
um, what we put together there. Um, I think I think I didn't want the show to become only about the works, but more about where the works sort of open themselves into. You know, uh, so if you have someone like Jay Singh who's um, talking about who he is at the moment, who, who he's realizing himself to be, you know, uh, his own history, his own sort of political history um, of growing up in a certain family, coming from a certain caste. Uh, also, at the same time, taking his own addressal of, you know, uh, who he is rather than me trying to describe him. Um, the truth is that in 2003, 4, 5, uh, he was also photographing in the Narmada Bachao Nolan, you know, he was also going out and photographing and photographing and it took him many years to actually try and uh, look at his own self. Uh, so in a way, I think this ricocheting between what he might have done then and what he's done today for me throws up something far more interesting than looking at either one of them in isolation. So, so I think um, this bouncing off the walls, um, it kind of builds more, um, you know, uh, energy and, and that's what I'm interested in. Um, and I mean, I'm also curious for you, I mean, about you as, you know, curator looking at this show, because I think that uh, what I realized in the show also was that I was so privileged to have been given not just so much trust by all the artists in the show to, you know, build what they gave me into something. Um, but I also realized that maybe I had, as a curator, uh, having had those relationships with people, but in a way also having that excuse of being an artist, you know. Uh, it was this one foot of being a curator, one foot of being an artist. I, I, I feel like I had a, I imagine myself to have a lot more freedom and also kind of, um, you know, opening up a range of uh, these registers. And I'm actually quite curious to also know from your perspective, you know, like uh, how as someone who's um, looking at us, you know, uh, as at the artists, at the artworks, um, how do you see these sort of um, pushbacks um, and... Well, to, to respond to how, what my experience was, experience was working with an artist as a curator, um, I feel that for me, it's a, it's a very, a very thought stimulating and very challenging terrain, challenging for my own assumptions as well as challenging for, um, um, uh, in terms of like taking on an exciting challenge of what curation can be, what framing can be, what spaces can be uh, in terms of how, how curation becomes an opportunity to produce a space, to produce a milieu, to produce a, an ambience or an environment, as opposed to just bringing together works of art. And so uh, the starting point of our own conversation or any other conversation I've had in previous projects all the way to their realization is, is this attempt to produce milieus of discourse, mm -hmm. of milieus of d discussions, opening up and exploring new ideas. And uh, working with artists as curators, I feel has been 
uh, extremely inspiring for me because I find that there's a different kind of methodology that gets introduced, a different kind of uh, meaning making that is being introduced to curating with every artistic curation. And why I say this is because uh, having had uh, a number of years of experience with Asia Art Archive, where we used to digitize, my colleagues and I, uh, archives of various artists, and that becoming an entry point into seeing art practice also as a space of knowledge, not as a space merely of a, a place that produces a biography of someone and their passions, but rather a place where um, uh, new categories get produced. I, I mean, the artist's archive, where categories are being tested, mediums are being tested, not reinforced. Um, and so if the artist studio and the artist archive and that space becomes this, uh, this site of great churning, a site of constant experimentation, I feel that um, that kind of experimentation, that kind of churning is then uh, often brought to a curatorial project as well, except that every artist churning is of a very specific kind. So when you come into this project and you accept the invitation, I knew that I was going to get a very new experience of how your mind is working, what kind of methodologies you'll be testing. And at some point you said it very nicely um, before, or actually when the install was going on and we spent practically 10 days installing, not because the hang needed that, but because um, your relationship with the space and your annotations and interventions uh, were, uh, demanded that. And you'd said that if you'd approach this exhibition as an exhibition, it would have been quite difficult for you. You had to approach this the way you approach bookmaking. And then the walls start seeming less rigid, less heavy, less, uh, less thicker, and maybe even start to seem a little fragile. And you can do something with that fragility, with that trembling nature of a page even. So you're bringing in your sensibility as a bookmaker into the exhibition space or exhibition site and then uh, working with it was obviously already very interesting um, uh, uh, approach you had brought in. Um, and then not only becoming a book, but a certain kind of a book. Uh, and you, you mentioning to me how this was a, a book like more like a journal, not an authored book, but a book you are creating for yourself, addressing yourself in which various other people also figure in. And obviously in that journal, you've included other people's voices as you've spoken to them while installing. So this is just as an example to say as a curator, how I, uh, how I experience working with artists doing curatorial projects. Um, um, I hope that that kind of... Yeah, I mean, I mean for me, it was, uh, I, was, I was lucky to have you there because um, I realized that somewhere during the show, I... I think I started to care too much for all the works um, and that's where, you know, and the artists because, yeah, to try and represent them in as perfect a way um, and then I realized that, um, uh, like, it, it really helped me to have you kind of very gently remind me of uh, all the other things that I talked about because, like, for me, yeah, I, I think that 
to look at some of the people's works up there to look at satish's works there nida you know ashwarya jaising uh, so many of those you know people to look at yuyu's book uh, also felt really proud of seeing all the works in this big institutional space and somehow i felt very um scared for a moment to protect it and also scared to uh disturb it you know um and 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 uh, how, like should i come in at all now and that's when it was starting to become more about the works but then the works became uh and about familiarity i yeah, think about familiarity we had this discussion that is this becoming too too familiar yeah and your zones of familiarity what about zones which are not familiar to you completely alien to you and that's what uh, everyone in this exhibition also has those part of their lives which you don't know and how yeah. does that and i think uh, what i also realized after coming back was that um when you look at all the notations and registers above and below the works and you know around the works um i realized that while i was there in dubai i felt like i had intervened by putting those registers on there but actually speaking i feel like it might be something else it might be that there are actually these infinite registers and notations already there and i've just chosen to maybe make some of them more visible than others and that's something even if i look at for example you know what you all did at rocks by not uh tying it into a theme or but to shanghai, you know in shanghai you know and 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 to kind of just have um why question, not ask why again not ask which again. was to lead us into the works um you allowed us to find our own registers which you know our own sort of uh, connections with the work and and uh, that's the one thing that i kind of took away from um you know the sense of being in ashara and curating there uh, whatever curation really might mean um and and um to kind of um maybe it's more like uncovering uh also how much i'm leaving it be also producing yeah but uh, but i think maybe we're also producing readings and actually that's the note on which i wanted to ask another question which is that um i think since the exhibitions opened a new set of conversations between us and now slowly between the artists is also opening of what this exhibition is and is doing because obviously now that the exhibition is open does not mean that the exhibition making ends there the exhibition making in fact begins with the exhibition opening right? yeah and so part of the exhibition making is also us discussing and trying to formulate what this exhibition is doing that's also exhibition making and So I wanted to ask you even though we've spoken so much about uh, growing like a tree how would you describe the show right now Oh my god <laughs> What's your what's your what's your description at this moment Uh what's my description at this moment it's um what is it doing you're reading rather what is your reading of this exhibition right now You you said many things I know I know so the thing is that uh, you know there've been so many shifts since the time I left because 
when you even hear about what's been happening in Myanmar and then uh, you know you use book there uh, where she is kind of talking about um, um, sort of political breakdown in Myanmar but also kind of looking at you know her own sort of looking at through her own relationship breaking down and looking at a parallel breakdown in what's happening back home for her um in a way for me it's um the moments where i'm going back to the works quite a bit like her work in this case the book um where i'm also quite uh, acutely aware of how um uh there's a foreseeing of things there's a sensing of what is to come you know and that is what i think jibeshit once quite nicely described um in terms of um, what the role of an artist is to uh take all the complexities and to sense all of it and to e- extract the essence of the entire complexity to make it visible to us and i think that realization for you use for me personally is quite heightened only a lot more because of everything that's happened in the last few days in Myanmar but then i kind of go back and i'm looking more and more in terms of um you know the registers not just within the show but outside of it um i'm wondering about um you know what some of the people might bring further to the show i'm wondering about you know um um what uh, perhaps um you know people who are not in the show yet what they might kind of um how it might extend into them uh, in some ways or the other um in a way you know like people here are uh, like in india and some other places asking me if the show will travel is making me think in terms of uh what does that mean you know uh is it like an ishara is it growing like a tree is it is it something which is fixed that will travel to another place or uh, is it going to be um like ishara at dubai in 2021 jan which will then travel because that becomes a mark that kind of travels you know uh, or is the growing like a tree becomes a different kind of a tree somewhere else you know um so those are the things that i think i've been thinking about quite a bit uh, not so much just in dubai simply because now i've come back here and people ask me if you know if it's going to come here to india you know and to maybe to some other place so in a way it's making me think more about you know like you keep talking about water um and somehow you keep talking about water oh um, yeah i sorry i i talk a lot about water but yeah. you've been curious about water yes and 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 uh, you keep being curious about water. and i was just thinking about it also that in a way the world is so liquid um and you know like um um i i always kind of like to describe it as um, you know with the whole bruce lee thing about filling up the vessel but then i also realized that it's not the entirety of what water might mean to me because adaptability in a way i don't want adaptability to mean compromise in any way you know um but what i kind of liked first that example that you had kind of given me about dams uh, about these obstructions and barriers uh, 
barricades and when you have like water kind of um, finding its way around and you have these sort of splashes on the side um, in a way it's also uh, you know for me that water becomes uh, can also become overcoming something so in a way I think the show um, you know we are in a sort of a liquid state I think how I would try and um, how I would kind of describe my relationship to water and therefore the show is more in terms of the viscosity of it you know like um, maybe it's not so much about uh, really trying to fill into the bottle or the vessel but it's more about trying to get close to the viscosity of the kind of water I'm in you know and that water could actually be muddy it could be slushy it could be absolutely clear it could be the dead okay. sea you know um, which makes me float a lot more and in a way I realized that uh, the show is exactly that you know like what you talked about um, you know when you were uh, introducing a conversation you talked about Dainata with the hyperlink you know in a way the show is full of so many hyperlinks what happens if all of them open up you know what happens in this whole unpacking it's not just one sort of layer of unpacking and um, at the moment it's just these few questions that I think um, is where I'm I kind of uh, position or locate myself with the show and going back to the going back to the point where you actually also asked me in 2020 and me wondering right now what would it have been in 2019 mm, correct you know? um, correct absolutely my last question which is i mean you are talking about large forces expansive forces that sometimes govern us sometimes we are spilling out of and that the show you've often used the terminology of spillages being very important since you're referring to water right now but locating say the history of photography in a history of modernity and something that Okwi Onwizor at some point had, had spoken about uh, very powerfully was looking at modernity as a machine of totalization and that this machine has a methodology which is, which is an unremitting program of violence. And oftentimes the history of photography gets written or inscribed within this machine of totalization in its own larger program of any, whether it's eugenics or framing nationalities, ethnicities, anthropology, various disciplines that were within the program of modernity, but also how important positionality is in this and our sense of time and location and how we think historically in the present. So what I wanted to talk or ask you about right now was um, the shift in lens-based practice that you feel has happened in the recent past, perhaps in the last one or two decades, which somewhere has been also part of your own um, sense of history that you like to narrate and within which you've also shared other people's practices. So what are the shifts in lens-based practice that you've seen happen in the region in the last one or two decades and perhaps also more broadly? So I might say things um, in a staggered way and I might end up contradicting myself in quite a few parts as well. Um, I think um, today, for example, maybe the biggest shift I've seen is 
in the way people locate themselves uh, within the you know uh, the way they locate themselves with the where the lens lies i mean i actually don't like to call it a lens based practice but more like an image based practice because you know um i think in a way um it opens things up more for me in terms of medium and form but the lens almost uh, becomes like a placeholder yeah There's something but much the thing more is, complex going on yeah but the thing is that if i'm looking i think people are a lot more um um aware of um you know uh, their location with the image who's made the image what has it been made for um i think they're very aware of these extra sort of registers around the image which in the end builds the meaning into the image so in a way like there's been a shedding of uh this one sort of um i this idea of the image having this one definitive medium uh, meaning which i think um we all kind of at least me my generation may have been one of the last or uh to actually have grown up with that baggage being put on us about uh the image being looked at in an objective way you know and um i think that um that is something that has changed uh people but what is what i fear is that um practitioners of images or lens based practices actually are very out of touch with images the real people who actually know how to you know like there's a different circulation that is happening and the reason why i shifted on to image image based work is simply because i think that there's a much larger circulation of images that is actually changing the idea of representation you know uh, whereas the space that many of us are operating in is quite like a bubble so um what was colloquial at one time uh, today is the mainstream whereas we are the colloquial today you know uh, in many ways um and i think what is happening by we you mean who by we mean in the most sort of formal circulation even for us to be at the moment having uh, you know from within the people who are kind of having these conversations as the makers of those images um but if i look at for example the governments today you know what they are doing with images because it is an image based world today i think that they are far more aware of uh, the system so what is happening is that uh, i won't use the word uh, you know I, in a way i'll pick up from uh, okwi what you mentioned about um, uh, you know sheen of totalization uh, uh, sheen of totalization but for me it will be about packing and unpacking and totalization would be about you know packing things in and somehow um one I think program one agenda one program one agenda and and what is happening is that uh if you look at um the way we are operating today you know uh, even in our conversations even in our politics everything is about one agenda so even though we are aware that you know uh, images have these different meanings but we are still trying to put that one agenda onto it but what is also happening is that technology is changing 
uh, we and the way images are used like we already dealing with this problem of um, of uh, disruption of context around images so what does how do we deal with representation when the context around those images are kind of uh, being morphed and then on top of that you have deep fake that's coming in like in my instagram account i have so many people for fun they are you know uh, inserting their own faces onto music videos and uh but but in the delhi elections in 2020 you had you know the bjp government that used deep fake for the first time with manoj tiwari speaking so many different languages um we don't have to wait for too long where this technology is, is uh, going to start getting weaponized against communities and you know uh, you mean uh, deep fakes or image making all of it but like mm-hmm. technologies like deep fake from where um i don't know where like how we are going to deal with that in general i think that uh, i see practitioners i hope that they become disruptors and glitches in the system because we all being shepherded into one way of looking at things and i think that is more and more important for you know um uh in lens based practitioners and image based practitioners to also step back and look at the uh look at it more from a macro perspective look at the systems and then re-enter the system more as a disruption or a glitch rather than you know um to to not to be aware of how the ground beneath them is actually shifting understood uh thank you sarab um i before we close i just want to quickly uh let the uh, listeners know that growing like a tree is running at Isharat Foundation until the 20th of May this year 2021 and uh, Sorab's essay is accessible online we're looking at various other contributors from the exhibition to also present their ideas their thoughts through in the form of writing in the form of images in the form of a hybrid between the two in the form of sounds and so do follow our website you will see more there and of course so rab and i both are accessible uh on emails sometimes on calls and zoom so you can be in touch with us thank you so rab always a pleasure hey thanks so much sabhi for taking time out and thanks wasif and thanks wasif and chobi mela yeah. and, and all the very best chobi mela for for yeah. for making this happen in it's nice to months. it's nice to come back uh, to chobi mela without a visa on zoom yes you know somewhere recently raksad said Uh, in a, in a talk about having gone ahead with the Yokohama Triennale and the experience of working on it in the in the middle of lockdowns and pandemics was that we have now seen uh in the past year that the 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 resilience of artists now as the institutions turn to show that resilience and i think uh shobhi mela might be perhaps within that spirit trying to show the resilience and fortitude as well as inventiveness in times of crisis just like many other artists and practitioners are 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 seeing and seeing this through thank you thank you